Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for May 9th, 2021. Tonight's schedule is Jenny, St. Thomas Coach, New York Live. Behind the Mask is followed by the Southwest Lunch. Before we talk about the series of Com, whether you're on ice or in line. Roger Klein's Canteon Tequila. For the best margaritas and more, go to MexicanMoonshine.com to see how to get your bottle today. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Dine-in, takeout, or catering your next event. 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts. Anywhere you want to go to protect and improve your resort and its general ecosystem. Frito Express. FritoExpress.com for the location near you. And by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. ASU alumni owned and operated. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, college hockey fans, as it may be, around the uh, country. Anywhere you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app tonight. A very special night again for us at College Hockey Southwest Live, as uh, we are bringing on a very special guest here in just a minute. So if you give me a quick break, I tell you, we will bring on our special guest in just two minutes. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. As I promised, we do have a very special guest coming on tonight. We've got the head coach of the University of St. Thomas, Tommy's, Rico Blasi, joining us. Rico, you got Scott and Paul with you. How are you tonight? How are you? Uh, we're doing great, Coach. Good, good. Paul, Thanks good. for joining us. Uh, pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me, uh, Coach. I wanted to tell you a little, a little back channel here because uh, we are uh, big partners with the NCHC and uh, Josh Fenton over there, and of course uh, uh, Michael Wiseman uh, used to work for you. And he said, "Man, if you get a chance to talk to Rico, you got to do it." So uh, you, you come highly regarded from those two. <laughs> well, both of them uh, worked for us uh, for several years, uh, Josh. Uh, you know, from 2002 to about 2013 when he took the commissioner's job. So uh, we're very close. And then obviously Michael Wiseman uh, worked with us for, uh, I think, four or five years uh, uh, at Miami's our media relations guy. So uh, we're a big family and a uh, small world hockey, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, I'm going to relay a story here that uh, – Uh, Miami of Ohio, and I said, uh, 
uh, and uh, my last name might not give this away, but uh, on the other half of my family is, oh, he's Italian, I got to root for him. <laughs> so I don't know if that makes you feel any better or, or gives us a little <laughs> common ground or, uh, or what have you, but uh, well, there you go. It makes me feel great. I, I'll give you a good story, too. My dad, you know, my dad's from the old country, uh, speaks very broken-up English. Right. Anything at all. But he's a huge hockey fan. So whenever he sits in front of the TV and watches his hockey, and I mean nightly, uh, <laughs> there are, there are certain players that he roots for, and you can bet your life on it that they have a bowel at the end of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, and and it's funny because, like I said, here in New York, we we don't follow a lot of college. You know, the the, the big Time is not a lot of college sports, but um, even though my alma mater now has a Division One hockey team, I'm still a big fan, so I'm very excited about having you on the program tonight. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Okay, so, so Rico, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you got uh, involved with St. Thomas and, and about the, some of the things that are going on there, because it's different, right? It's uh, moving up from Division Three to Division One and uh, the program there was uh, really too good for everybody they played against. So, w- what kind of what kind of deal are you jumping into? Uh, well, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I was uh, associate AD at Providence uh, this past year, and um, really enjoyed my time uh, working behind the scenes and supporting uh, both men's and women's hockey, and supporting Bob Driscoll, the AD there. Um, just some great people at Providence, and I learned a lot and kind of. You know, learned the business from the other side uh, after being a, a coach for 25 years. Uh, sometimes you don't realize what, what goes on behind the scenes. But it was really, really good for me. I think an important um, step in my uh, in my evolution as a, as a coach. And, um, you know, the St. Thomas job came open. Uh, Division three to Division one has never been done before. Uh, Dr. Eston, our, our athletic director, Dr. Sullivan, our president are fully committed to making sure that St. Thomas is going to be successful uh, at all of our sports. Uh, the entire department's going Division One, and really unprecedented. Um, no one has done that in college sports, uh, let alone in, in hockey. So, um, you know, we had a mutual friend that uh, recommended my name to Dr. Eston, and, um, you know, it kind of went from there, and it, it went fairly quick at the end. Uh, <laughs> uh, got a chance to to interview with some people on campus uh, through Zoom because of the pandemic. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, just super thrilled to be here. Uh, you know, my big thing growing up as battalion, obviously faith and family are, are two of the biggest uh, cornerstones that you can imagine and uh, really important pieces of, of my life and my uh, and the way we do things in our family. So uh, when you bring the, the Catholic faith and the institution and the values uh, the service-oriented uh, 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 basis of, of what we do here at University of St. Thomas as a whole uh, was just uh, what I think is a great fit for, for me and our family and, and moving forward. The coaching part is something that I love and um, something that I, I truly missed uh, the last couple of years, uh, but uh, fortunate enough to, to be back and um, back as a head coach now and and you know we have to we have to transition this division three to division one. So uh, there's going to be some uh, some growing pains, as you can imagine. Uh, but it's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to uh, you know continue to build our culture and uh, build it the right way. And um, you know it's uh, there, there's a lot that goes on to you know just more than just recruiting and coaching. Uh, it's it's setting everything up for success and long-term success. So we're not going to take any shortcuts. Um, uh, we're going to do this together as a as a department and as a, as a family, and uh, it'll be fun. Okay, so coach, when you when when you first started coaching and got the head coaching job at Miami, um, it was obviously an established program. Um, this, however, as you mentioned is a historical transition. Uh, you've been there, I guess, about three or four weeks now. Uh, you 
had the interviews and, and it kind of had an idea of, of, of what they wanted to do, what has surprised you in this first month or so of uh, being back on the job, so to speak? Well, you know, just to give you some perspective, when, when uh, you know, when I was a player at Miami University playing for George Guazdecki, he was really, I was part of his first recruiting class and part of the first time that Miami at the time in the early 90s had a complement of full scholarships. So mm-hmm. we were building the program as a, as a player. So I have an understanding of what sacrifices need to be done in terms of, of, of the player and the student-athlete. Um, it, it's not easy. I mean, we my freshman year, we won five games. But two years after that, we, we won the CCHJ in 93. And, and those memories are really important. Uh, you know, we carried those on in our coaching. And then we went to University of Denver with Coach Wazdecki. You know, we were we were building the program there again. Even though it's established, sometimes programs go through transitional phases. And sure. certainly we were doing that at the University of Denver. And, you know, we, we won, uh, we went to the national tournament, won a championship in 99. Uh, and obviously some of the recruits that I was part of went on to win national championships uh, in 2004 and five at at the University of Denver. So I was really proud of what, what we did there and, and learned a lot from Coach Blazdecki, Coach Miller, and and others that uh, uh, helped me when I became a, a young, experienced uh, head coach at 27 <laughs> at my age. So uh, I, I joke about that because uh, we took over a program again that was going through a little bit of a transition period, um, had not made the playoffs the year before. Um, and so we were... Again, you know, a lot of a lot of things are probably very similar to what we're doing now uh, here at the University of St. Thomas. Uh, uh, we didn't have a building. We we played in a, a you know a, a weathered uh, facility, a nice facility, but it wasn't like some of the other facilities that were being built at the time and in, in across the country. So uh, we needed to come up to speed with the facility where. Um, you know, obviously recruiting at the age of 27, there's a lot of doubts in people's minds. And, and a lot of people don't know that Miami was about to be um, uh, canceled as a program because of gender equity. So there were a lot of things that went on that we had to fight in those early days. And all those experiences that I share with you are things that we're going to be able to um, lean on uh, here at the University of St. Thomas. So uh, you asked me what I've been doing the last month. <laughs> There's been a lot. Uh, we, we, you know, in terms of ice times and, and, and making sure that we have the right ice times for practice and games and things like that. Um, because at the academy where we're playing, um, you know, at the Division three level, you they don't start till middle of October. Um, so when I brought the ice times to, to our, our, our the manager at the arena, and, and let them know that we're starting uh, first thing cl- when classes start in September. He's like, well, that's kind of different. I said, yeah, well, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's equipment, there's jerseys, there's uh, hiring a staff. Uh, we're trying to recruit all at the same time, uh, trying to understand the admissions process, trying to understand the budgets, um, trying to meet with alumni and donors and, um, so I've been busy, but it's been fun. And the one thing that, you know, I don't know if it's a surprise, guys, but the one one of the biggest reasons why St. Thomas was attractive to me and our family were the people that I was speaking to and interviewing with. And I can tell you that they've uh, surpassed my expectation on how good they are. And that starts with the Dr. Tolman, our president, to Dr. Essner, athletic director, uh, to Megan Jacobson, who's my direct report. Uh, she's, a, she's the senior associate women's uh, uh, athletic director, and she oversees men's ice hockey. So just everybody associated in the department, the coaching staffs, from Coach Tower, the basketball coach, to Coach Caruso, uh, to everybody. Um, it's just been overwhelmingly uh, exciting and you know I feel like I've been here forever even though I've only <laughs> been here well I, Rico I, I came from uh, uh, just uh, west of Bemidji so 
my obvious question to you as a former Minnesotan, I've been in Arizona now for 31 years, but um, a, as a Minnesotan, you are now entering the uh, 6th NCAA Division One hockey program in one state. And last year, as you know, all five of those programs qualified for the NCAA tournament. So um, how soon till we get all six in there? Well, I'd like to say sooner than later, but uh, <laughs> there's a process. And, uh, we're going we're gonna to make sure that the process is done the right way. And we're not going to, like I said earlier, we're not going to take any shortcuts. Um, it's important that we build this for, lo- for uh, long-lasting success. And... In doing so, you really have to make sure that you're bringing in the right people, uh, not only as student-athletes, but as staff, and that we're building it together, and that we're, we're setting the values and the, and the, uh, the standard that, that we want and that we need to, to have that uh, sustainable success. So, um, you know, hopefully in the next few years, you're going to see six Minnesota teams. Uh, we're uniquely positioned in the state. We're the only... Uh, private school in the state. We're the only private uh, Catholic school in the state. Um, we're the only uh, private Catholic school in our league. So we have a, a unique position here in the state of hockey. Uh, there's lots of uh, interest, I can tell you that, uh, for, for these guys to come and play at St. Thomas. We have a great academic uh, portfolio and, and, and profile. And um, so I think we're going to attract a lot of uh, not only Minnesotans, but um, you know, student athletes from across the country and and uh, hopefully into Canada as well. Now, Coach, because of the timeline that exists, um, the Division Three coach decided he was not going to move forward, or however that decision was made. Um, but he stayed on to start recruiting players. How was he able to do that, not knowing that eventually you would have this job? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a unique position. Uh, Coach Besser did a great job. He's had so much success uh, leading the the program to championships here at the Division Three level. So, really have to thank him and for all of his hard work. He was a unbelievable hockey player here at St. Thomas too, um, back in the mid seventies. And so, there's a lot of uh, a lot that we have to be thankful for what he did for our program. And he'll be he'll continue to be a big part of our program. Uh, I think it's important to have him involved in, in uh, just bouncing things off him. Uh, just today we were texting back and forth. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's a couple of guys that, that that he recruited, that his staff recruited, that we're going to obviously take on, and and they're going to be part of 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 our program. And I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, but there was also a couple of guys that uh, you know in the recruiting process were. We're told that uh, there's no promises and, uh, you know, uh, there, there's going to be a new coach and they're going to want to do things their way. And so I think uh, coach did a really good job of being honest with everybody. And uh, so we'll move forward from here. So, coach, when when we talk a little bit about this crazy year that we just came out of uh, the COVID year and uh, some teams playing, some not playing. And and then, of course, the extra year of eligibility being granted by the NCAA and uh, the the transfer portal uh, blowing up, if you will. Um, what's been your thoughts on that and, and it, how has that helped or hurt you? Well, it was a crazy year. I got to experience it firsthand as an administrator <laughs> trying, to, trying to juggle all these things to, to make sure that we played some games. And, um, you know, credit to, to everyone across the country that uh, uh, that were able to play, especially at the Division One level. But even at the Division Three level, some of these teams, you know, these guys worked their, their butts off for, for all their lives and, and to play games. And so uh, even if they got to play – four or five, six, seven games, uh, it was, I think it was a great thing that that, that happened. But uh, for us, I think it's a good thing, the transfer portal. We were able to recruit some some guys with some experience to kind of help build our culture. Um, you know, I still think it's important that, you know, my, my plan for our team right now is to have a kind of a three-pronged approach, uh, a couple of graduate uh, uh, transfers that have another year of eligibility, a couple that have two years of eligibility and some that have two or three years of eligibility. And then obviously recruits the freshmen that will be with us for four years. Um, again, it's just trying to get, uh, maximize some of your dollars and your scholarship money, 
uh, in year three, four, and five. And uh, in order to do and, and to do that, the transfer port has been real nice for us. So, um, you know, I, I think it helps uh, a lot of teams, uh, not just the University of St. Thomas. Now, I do believe that you still have to. I use the, the the example. You don't build an NHL team on free agency. Now you can supplement your your team, but you can't build it just on free agency. Um, you still have to uh, you know draft well and build your, your your program up from from recruiting. So we're going to have those approaches, and uh, I think a, a combination of all three are going to be important for us, especially in the first two years and until we get our our recruits and the guys that. Uh, uh, will be with us for hopefully four years, uh, three, four years, as we develop our program. How how inundated were you guys, uh, especially you know, at least after you got hired, uh, <laughs> with the requests from the transfer portal or or yeah. because I I I, we, I obviously don't know how that works. I mean, do you con- do you contact players? Do players contact the school? Uh, how does that work? Well, they have to be on the transfer portal first and foremost, so that's right. uh, that's that's important to note. Um, there was <laughs> yeah, a little bit, I get it. There, yeah, there's a little bit of everything. Um, as you can imagine, there were a lot of people that uh, that reached out. There was uh, a lot of uh, you know you're not uh, you're not in the business for 27 years and not have some good friends in the business. And, right. and I'm talking about fellow coaches too. I mean, sure. There's there's there was lots of uh, conversations in the first. 48 hours. I don't think I got off the phone. In fact, my wife was with me for the press conference and my daughters, and I don't think I talked to them for more than 10 minutes. In two days, you know. uh, but, you know, it, it, it was a little bit overwhelming because you're getting all this stuff thrown at you. But uh, once I got a, a chance to sit down and kind of think about what we wanted as a program and which players we needed, I wanted to start with our goaltender and then work our way out. So, you know, we were able to, to, to have some good conversations and, um, you know, we're, I think we're in a, in a good position right now as a program. Um, but there were, yeah, there was, uh, you know, you, I needed to, when you get all these calls, you know, there's, there's certain names that you remember from the recruiting <laughs> process, certain names that you, that you, that you've watched on TV or maybe you played against, uh, but still, I wanted to go back and, and be able to watch them on video just to remind myself of, of what kind of player they were. Um, then I wanted to make sure that they were the right player. So we had to do some homework and talk to their coaches and talk to some of maybe their, their junior coaches, talk to some people that, that might might have known them. So there's that process is still ongoing, and um, uh, we'll continue that process here throughout the, the next few weeks. So, so Rico, hold on one second, Paul. I want to follow that up if I can. Um, so, Rico, I when I started this company six years ago, it was basically because Coach Powers told me they were going to go NCAA, and, and I yeah. felt like that they would not get the coverage that they needed or deserved in Arizona. And so far, we've taken it from here to to Colorado and everything in between. So, so that's what we did. But I remember the conversation with Coach Powers initially. I said what kind of team are you going to have in your transition year? And he said, we're going to be big. We're going to be um, mature. And I guess we're going to be old. <laughs> and uh, when he built that roster, uh, he surprised a lot of teams in that hybrid season. And then he kind of jumped right into it. Is there any correlation between him going from ACHA D1 to NCAA D1 and you going from NCAA Division Three to Division One? which was a great experience. But in that year, I was able to go to different programs. So one of the programs that my wife and I chose was Arizona State in the month of January. And so... That's a uh, shock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I got to sit down with Coach Powers, who's a good friend and uh, been very supportive. And, um, you know, he's been uh, 
he's one of those guys that uh, would text me uh, at least uh, once a month to see how he's doing. So, anyways, uh, I got a chance to sit with him and talk to him about how he, not that I knew I was doing anything in transition or being head coach for that matter, but I was curious to, to know his the, the madness behind the method. And, uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, those, some of those things are going to be true for us as well. We're going to be older. We're going to be mature. We're going to be big. Um, and I guess we're going to be old. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, it, it might be, it might look very similar in terms of, of how he did it. Um, I assume it's an advantage to, uh, especially with the portal, is you have actual tape of guys playing at the Division One level, no? Yes, and that, you know, that is a, Again, that is an advantage because I have, a, I have an understanding of what the Division One level is about, right? So you, if you're watching anybody from, you know, Arizona State, uh, Big Ten, to NCHC, I, I have a, a good understanding of how those guys play. So when you're watching somebody, you have good reference. Sometimes in the junior leagues, you don't know because there's a variance of, of, of talent and skill level, and so it's a little bit harder, but... Um, you know, the USHL is probably the closest, obviously. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it's been real good for, for me. And I'm a one-man show right now. I'm going to have to say that. <laughs> yeah, we can that eventually. I have a lot of conversations by myself and trying to convince myself that maybe he's a good good fit and not a good fit. So, uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, I've had some sleepless nights just talking to myself. <laughs> um, but, no, it's been, uh, it's been good. Uh, you know, again, I, there's so many good friends I have in the business that I've been able to bounce ideas off of. And um, so it's been good. Okay. So a couple of things I want to throw in on this one quickly too, if I can, Paul, (laughs) Um, you kind of led me into this, uh, the the portal thing and and about the different teams and Rico, we had uh, the guys on that were trying to save uh, Huntsville and uh, apparently they did. And then they lost their conference affiliation and now they're back in pending status. Uh, we had the guys on and the head coach from Alaska Anchorage, uh, and we talked about their program and saving it. And then, you know, a number of people have told me that uh, they weren't really sure in the pandemic whether we were going to have hockey teams or if hockey was going to take a big hit. And then all of a sudden, LIU springs up with a team. So where do you look at uh, the overall picture of NCAA Division One hockey right now? Well, I think... You know, sometimes when you go through a, a tough time in, in, in the world, you, in, you invest and you come out of that investment, you know, looking pretty good. And I think, I think we're at that point. You know, LIU did a good job this year, Coach Riley, um, in developing that program and starting that program, uh, really from scratch. Uh, they didn't have anything really. They had to hire teams. So, um, you know, and then I've heard I've heard uh, rumblings of Lindenwood. So um, there's 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 lots of things going on. I think that that are good for college hockey. Now we have to make sure that it's sustainable, and we got to make sure that hopefully maybe Huntsville gets back, and and there's leagues for these teams to play. And I think that's the most important. You know, uh, I'm old enough to know that uh, there wasn't uh, there was a, a time where we had teams that had to. Uh, had to be absorbed in leagues and that was the right thing to do back in the you know early 2000s and uh, late 1990s and mid 1990s in order for us to grow our sport so hopefully we don't uh, and I don't even know how to say it block them from pursuing division one and playing uh, even though it might not be a natural fit in terms of league and so hopefully um you know, I know it was it was really important back then to guys like Ron Mason and Red Barrett and Jack Parker and Jerry York and um, you know Don Lucia, George Quest, all these guys that we were building, we were growing the game of hockey. And uh, you know, as we do that right now, and as these teams and programs and institutions start to to take a step towards that, I hope the hockey community, uh, the Division One hockey community starts to understand that we need to have a place for these guys to play. And that includes Arizona State as well. Um, you know, we, we need to have leagues for the teams. Well, I, I am in a 100% agreement with you, Coach, and I screamed about that a little bit on this on, on our podcast. So 
it's 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 good to know that uh, somebody agrees with me because Scott usually doesn't. So, um, well, well, Scott, you're, you're going to have to agree with Paul, but uh, Paul and I are just too little at times. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody's listening, but uh, you may be. Scott might be right, Paul. Who knows? Well, I. Listen, Coach. I get a lot of a lot of beat up from me bringing on a lot of Minnesota guests. So I hope you're willing to come back on again, though, because another Minnesotan, uh, Italian Minnesotan, that's even doubly good. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'll be on anytime you want. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, just uh, Scott brings it up just to, to, to give you a little bit more. I am an ASU alum, and so when I started following college hockey, we didn't have a team. So. Um, you know, nothing has made me happier and uh, have it's to me. It's like Christmas every time I get to talk about <laughs> it. So, uh, but that's because, uh, as you said yourself, you don't have a staff yet. Do you have a timeline? Uh, I think it probably in the next couple of weeks, uh, it'll be, uh, you know, something that'll be solidified. I've been, you know, you, when you take over the program and, and things are all new, you want to make sure that the process you're, you're doing the process right in terms of the institution. So uh, I haven't been in a rush. I want to make sure that uh, HR is one of our good friends. And so uh, we're going to, we're going to abide by the, the principles and the rules of the university. And so it'll probably be posted here in the next few days and then we'll get after it and uh, uh, hopefully have a staff here in the next three weeks. And um, you know, like I said, uh, I'll continue to recruit and continue to do all the stuff that we need to do in preparation. And uh, but it'll be nice to have a staff in place as well. So, so, so coach, as you hold on, as you build the staff, are, are, do you go into this, especially since you have to start from scratch, basically, uh, with an idea of the demographics of how you want to build this staff? Um, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think the profile will be, um, you know, very, very important. Uh, obviously, you want guys that have experience recruiting. Um, I want to make sure that we have a Minnesota guy on staff. Uh, uh, it won't won't take us long to be all from Minnesota, but I, I think it's important to have that that person in place right off the bat. Um, you know, I want to be able to go to these uh, games and network and build relationships and things like that. So, um, you know, just like we were getting a lot of calls for student athletes to, that, that were interested in our program, I can tell you I've gotten, I don't know how many calls about <laughs> uh, guys that are interested in being on our staff. So, uh, which is very different than when I took over at Miami when I had zero people calling me. Uh, it helped a 20, experienced 27-year-old. <laughs> um, uh, to run the program. So that's been a, a pleasant change. And uh, so I'll have a lot of work to do here in the next few weeks, kind of trying to uh, narrow that, that search down and, and uh, pick the right, uh, the right guys for our program. Okay. So, so coach, my daughter and son-in-law live in Lake Elmo. So I'm trying to make more and more trips up there to, uh, to see what's going on in, in the state of hockey. But uh, I did swing by your campus this summer before uh, you were obviously on board, and and I went by and I thought, man, I've been there before, and it's a beautiful campus. And and like you said, you're playing at the academy uh, rink right now, and I know probably down the road that there's something bigger and better coming your way. But explain to our listeners here in the Southwest a little bit about St. Thomas hockey history and where you tend to take it from there. Well, like you said, it's a beautiful campus. It's very, uh, you know, picturesque, and uh, the academics speak for themselves. Um, it's it's just it's breathtaking, really. And um, you know, I was fortunate enough to work at Miami and Providence, and visit the Boston College, visit Arizona State. It's uh, it's one of the premier campuses around, and um, you know, the academy has been a good partner for St. Thomas for a long time. Uh, in terms of allowing us to play there, and it's been a good relationship. It'll continue to be a good relationship uh, here for the near future. But uh, uh, you know, we're we're trying to build this program to be uh, Division One, you know, top twenty program, and 
Um, in order to do that, you have to have, uh, uh, you know, the necessary things to get there. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to work to, towards that. Um, I know Dr. Eston is, is uh, working extremely hard to, to move our program forward uh, behind the scenes. My job as the coach is to make sure that we develop our student-athletes uh, on the ice and off the ice, and that's what I'll focus on. Okay, so let me. You got one, Paul? Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you after you do. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say so I know you're building a roster, but you also have to build a schedule. And for lots of people in the Southwest, as it, around the country, they don't really know what your schedule is going to look like. Uh, give us a little tease, if you can, about how you're going about that and, and what the plan is. Well, fortunate for me, Dr. Essen had uh, already uh, <laughs> put together a little nice little schedule for us. Uh, which I thank him every day. Once, once it's released, you'll, you'll see why. Uh, we do have a 16K schedule, so that, that'll be released here soon. And our non-conference will be released here soon. We're just waiting for a few contracts to be finalized. But uh, for the most part, it's done. But uh, look forward to the next couple of weeks. And uh, I can tell you it's going to be competitive. Uh, it's it's going to be one that will understand where we need to go from from a program standpoint and how we need to recruit and, and where we, you know, where we need to go in terms of a, of a team. So uh, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, I'll continue to work on the schedule now as, as we move forward uh, for the next few years uh, and building out our non-conference. But, um, but Dr. Eston, like I said, did a great job. Okay, can I quit? Uh, exciting for our fans and, exciting for our players and our program as we move forward. Can I quickly follow that up with uh, just your thoughts on the resurgence of the, the CCHA and the strength of that schedule? Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the teams that are in it. Uh, you got Bemidji, you got uh, Minnesota State, um, two teams that were in the national tournament. Uh, you got Bowling Green, you've got Michigan Tech, Lake Superior was in the national tournament. Ferris State, uh, Coach Daniels has done an unbelievable job over the years. Northern Michigan, uh, you know, I think uh, Michigan Tech, I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, we've got eight strong teams uh, all focused on making the CCHA uh, the best uh, that it can be, and it's going to be competitive every night. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's one that I'm looking forward to, and I'm, I'm really happy to be back uh, where it all started for me in the CCHA, and having that, that logo on our jersey is something that I'm familiar with, and um, I'm excited about it. And Don Lucia, our, our commissioner, has done yeah, a great job. You can't get a better one than that, I don't think. Don is uh, uh, you know, Don so much experience. Yeah, so much experience, but just his energy and his enthusiasm <laughs> and his uh, just the way he sees things. And, and for us coaches to be able to use him as a sounding board is priceless. And, um, you know, our relationship uh, over the years has been pretty good. Um, he's been somebody that uh, I've talked to a lot. So having him as commissioner now is, is, is a great fit as well. Okay, so I'll ask my other question in a minute, but since this, this the uh, schedule and that sort of stuff has been brought up, did uh, the university president take the Bobby Bowden approach or will play anybody anywhere, anytime? Or did he take a more balanced approach that a coach might appreciate? I'm not sure uh, our president <laughs> he had anything to do with the scheduling. And, uh, well, whoever made the schedule, I'm sorry, yeah. I apologize. Do- Dr. Essner, athletic director uh, Philip Weston, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you, you might be able to say that actually <laughs> when you look at it. But uh, you know, I don't think uh, Bobby Bowden was anything uh, that we thought about or he thought about as he's putting the schedule together. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you got to play Division One. You got to play. Um, you're going to play somebody that's pretty good. And, um, you know, obviously we're starting off, so we're going to be playing some teams that are established, and, and that's okay. Um, my theory back when I was coaching at Miami is, well, you want to play uh, the best teams in the country because then you know where you need to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Get one more in there, Paul. We're running out of time, so. Okay. Here's the, the – it's, it's kind of a question that uh, involves the transition – um, I, we were talking to son. I can't remember. Maybe it was just my, um, are, is St. Thomas eligible for the tournament right away? 
or is there like a transition, like a two or three year probation period? Um, yeah. You know, because this has never been done before, there will be a probation period. Um, you know, right now it's we just finished year one, and um, so it's right now it's technically four more years. But uh, okay, you know, hopefully those things change. There's a lot going on in the in the, in the NCAA, so things are changing rapidly from uh, image and likeness to transfer portals and one-time transfers and all sorts of things that are happening. So who knows, maybe that'll change as well. But uh, I know we're able to play for a CCHA championship as we build our program. We'll focus on that right now and try to be the best we can be uh, here in, in this upcoming year and, and years to come as we build. Well, coach, is, I, like I said, there was a couple of different things and I wasn't sure. So I wanted to get it straight for anybody that uh, is listening, including me. <laughs> There you go. I got it now. Okay, so so coach, before I let you go, I want to kind of end it on, on a two parter. But number one, uh, we, we really want to see you in the desert. So I hope you are able to do something to get down here. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go up there and, and see you. So uh, count on me being somewhere near you uh, during this hockey season. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the team on the ice. Uh, you did a great job at Miami. You look great in red. But I'm going to tell you, you look fantastic in purple. So keep that purple rolling, okay, coach? Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, uh, uh, you're welcome. Anytime you want to come on the show, we go live every uh, Sunday night. The idea behind it, Coach, is to uh, recap the uh, the excitement of NCAA hockey on the weekend. And Paul, Paul's been lobbying for it to be games every day of the week. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to get back to just weekends. And then this Sunday night show is the time to recap it. So hopefully we'll have lots of good things to talk about at St. Thomas. Thank you for your time. Thank you, your athletic director, for uh, being able to hook us up and, and, and get everything going, and your sports information director. And uh, go Tommies. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it, and I'd love to be on anytime. And let's just get back to some normal weekend games and uh, <laughs> get everybody back to uh, to being able to, to spend time together and watch games live. So I'll, I'll be happy to be on anytime. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Amen coach. to that. That's uh, Rico Blasi, the new coach, folks at uh, the uh, University of St. Thomas in Minnesota. Take this in just for a minute when we go to break, folks, but we are talking about a state of Minnesota that has now six NCAA Division I hockey programs. And uh, if you if the state of hockey didn't come to you before, it certainly did now, but uh, what a great coach, what a great person, and we're thrilled to, uh, to have Rico Blasi on with us we're going to take a quick break, and uh, Paul and I are going to be back to rehash things on College Hockey uh, Southwest Live, and, and we'll see just uh, what in the world's going on in this world. So uh, we'll be back in about two minutes. Behind the mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. 
If it's NCHC hockey, it's on NCHC.TV. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? cocktail is the quality of the spirit used and if you want to make the best margaritas or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila then roger klein's cancion tequila is the brand for you award-winning roger klein's cancion tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day find your bottle be it in arizona or elsewhere in the u.s Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Uh, we kind of quickly jumped into the show because I had coached... Sure. Uh, uh, I had coach on before the show started today, so <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of juggling here and there. But That's right, it I, happens. I think you could hear in, in Coach Blasi's uh, voice, Paul, that he's excited to uh, to get things under control. I think he truly missed being behind the bench. Sure. Uh, his resume stands for itself and the work that he's done. And uh, man, St. Thomas has got a real winner on their uh, on their bench right now, and I'm looking forward to see how he competes. Just within the state, Paul. Uh, he oh, already wow. mentioned he's going to have Bemidji State and Mankato State within his conference, but right. he's going to—you know—there's going to be a game against Minnesota. There has to be. It's in the same Minneapolis-St. Paul does there battle. Does there have to be? I don't know. Does there, there have to be. to be? Why does there, there have, have to be? be? Okay, Why? because there's Minneapolis for the University of Minnesota, and there's St. Thomas for St. Paul, and right. Minneapolis-St. Paul have to have a battle, so they have well, to play. Uh, I would be shocked if St. Cloud doesn't want in on the action. And I'll be shocked if UMD doesn't want to be in on the action. I just don't know how he's going to make it all work. And I, I think the uh, the state of Minnesota could have a really good uh, holiday tournament if they wanted to bring their teams together uh, and put them in there. So who knows what's going to happen. He sounds excited about the schedule. Just your thoughts, uh, if you could, Paul, on recapping the conversation. Well, first of all, how many uh, schools get to hire a guy that's been to back-to-back Frozen Fours? Right, there's not a lot of those guys, right? No, 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 definitely not. And and like I said, to have a guy that's available, um, normally you'd have to go pluck him from another coaching staff. But for him to be uh, in the administrative side, and I, I think he hit on that point as well that that was a big thing for him to uh, to see the other side of it, if you will. Yeah, well, you know, the the more information you have, the, the you know the better decisions you can make. Um, and maybe, you know, and I'm, I'm sure if we, we, we still had, had him on and had really time to go into this kind of stuff, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll come up with decisions, uh, for his program that he might not have made, uh, before he took that year of Providence, you know, and yeah, saying, think- well, you know what, I'm going to do this because at Providence we did this and this helped the program overall. Uh, long-term as opposed to maybe short-term. Yeah, and I think he took a really good approach on the probationary period. Like, number one, he said, um, we'll see what happens. Anything can happen. Well, Things are subject to change. But even if they don't, guess what he said? Just like uh, a lot of the, the players that we've had on the podcast, Paul, is he said, we have a chance to win a CCHA championship. And even if we can't right. go to the national tournament right now, it's important for us to win that championship right away and start telling guys that, you know, 
we're very competitive and we can we can beat teams and I, I think you know when you have to go up against the Bemidji states and the Mankato states and Michigan Techs and Northern Michigan and the Lake Superior State just go on the list of those eight teams in that conference it's going to be a much improved CCHA I think over what uh, the CCHA was in the past well listen I mean that's probably a couple of shows in and of itself right uh, if, if we got uh some people that were involved in, in, in the original iteration of the CCHA and then what was the WCHA, which is no longer in existence. And, or, you know, I, I, we could probably do a couple of shows on that alone. Um, you know, we could probably get Eddie Christian to come on and probably give us a couple hours on that without us even having to ask him any questions. So, um, you know, he does have some built-in advantages uh, at St. Thomas and the fact that um, they do and will have a, a non-conference scheduling advantage um, from at least from a cost perspective, at least in the beginning. Now, you know, Jess has told us that St. Thomas has got uh, plenty of cash, so that's not or sh- shouldn't be an issue. But, you know, um, nobody wants to go out there and just say, ah, we're going to go here, we're going to go there, and, 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 and every other week we're going to go gallivanting all over the country. So, um, yeah, well, 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 let me let me put it this way for you. When you mentioned that, um, he, he's got a bus trip. He can go to North Dakota in a bus. He go well, see, yeah, yeah, you know the bus. geography better than I do. So, well, I, I, that's what I'm telling you. He can go to North Dakota on a bus. He can go to Omaha on a bus. Duluth on a bus. Minnesota just uh, across the river. He could go to Wisconsin in a bus. Um, yeah, he, th- he can go all over and play non-conference games. But I don't think that's a theory. I think he's going to want to take his teams different places. I will be totally shocked if. Uh, Arizona State's not visiting them, or if they're not visiting Arizona State in the next year or two. Uh, you know, the next, um, oh, no, it's, yeah, well, we listen, we know that, that Coach Powers likes to do that and, and, and pay it forward, so to speak, and, and, and play teams, uh, you know, that, that, that are uh, new to the system, so to speak. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's not a shock. Uh, no, what I, I'm saying be... though, what I'm saying though, Paul, is that if he chose to uh, really go on a on a low budget, he could play some high end oh, hockey games, obviously, without without going anywhere, uh, right. with, stay within his conference, and he could play everything else in a bus trip, uh, yeah, if he I, wanted to, yeah, and have a, sure. a record, a, uh, he could have a schedule that would compete with any in the country. Oh, so, of course, yeah. So what I'm saying, but I, I don't think he'll I'm do also that. shocked. I think he'll reach out as well. I'm also shocked, of course, that uh, when he decided he was going to go talk to Coach Powers, that he didn't ja- that he did it in January. I'm really, <laughs> really shocked at that. Uh, yeah, I know you keep wanting to come here in July, and I keep telling you, Paul, there's better times to leave New York and come here. Uh, <laughs> July at 1:20 or 1:22, just you know, uh, put it off. Come, come in the winter time, Paul. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, by uh, the way, Paul. I, I yeah. don't know if you knew this, but yesterday I was in Las Vegas, right. and the water at the stadium swim, I guess, is still 102. Nice. Uh, it's it's great, and uh, the weather outside was beautiful. Um, nice. The stakes were good at Ellis Island. Right. Uh, T-Mobile was great for the uh, first ever professional hockey doubleheader in the state of Las Ve- in the state of Nevada in the city of Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena as the Henderson Silver Knights. And the uh, Vegas Golden Knights both played at the same time, uh, same building, different times. I was going to say, same time. That must have been a crowded ice sheet. (laughs) And uh, I I will throw this out on the college uh, edge of things. I believe Brinson Pashnick was back up with the big club with the San Jose Sharks. But Steen started the game. So congratulations to Steen Pashnick. Just uh, a few days removed from his birthday, and he's on the ice starting for the uh, Barracuda. Yeah, well, we... we, uh... Brinson got about ten minutes uh, in the in 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 the Sharks last game, so uh, good for him. Uh, love to see it. Uh, it uh, this is the time of year where you see a lot of kids 
make their NHL debuts. Uh, for example, uh, Shane Pinto came in. Uh, Where's he from again? North North Dakota and where? Long Island. Oh, okay, okay, good. Uh, I'm just, so I just, I just want to make that, which is which is obviously what I was going to get at. Besides, half of North Dakota's <laughs> roster was drafted by the the Ottawa Senators anyway. Um, they're getting their butts kicked tonight, but before tonight, they were eight one and one with Pinto in the lineup. Uh, Cole Caulfield, uh, yeah, has oh he's a stud. Has uh, been working his magic for the Montreal Canadiens uh, in his first couple of weeks in the National Hockey League, and he's just a you know he's just a goal scorer. I mean, it's just you watch the shots he takes, and you're like, holy smokes! And I think he went like, and and, and I, I don't have it in front of me, and I you know because I didn't realize that that it might or I should have realized it might have come up. But did he go? Wasn't he like the tenth pick or the the twelfth yeah. pick in the first round? I don't have I mean, that in front of me either, but he he wasn't like the number one pick, so no, he wasn't. Um, and um, so, as long as you're talking about that, let me talk about a kid that's not coming to college and uh, led his team in the U18s. Uh, that was Thursday night, the gold medal game. I'm talking one Connor Bedard, who uh, <laughs> if you saw that game, Paul, um, he he was given awarded a penalty shot on a breakaway where they just completely mugged him and, and didn't get the shot off. And and everybody, I think, in the world was saying, he's going to score on this, he's going to score on this, and he didn't. And they showed him on the bench, and he didn't slam his stick or do anything like that. Keep in mind, he's 15. He put his head down. Uh, he looked uh, kind of depressed, but he looked like he was thinking about what he was going to do. A minute and 25 later, in his very next shift, he comes down the ice from the right side, moves to the middle on his backhand with a, uh, a Russian player hanging all over him and rips off a backhander from 30 feet that beats a goaltender over the glove and shoulder into the top corner of the net. Um, <laughs> that's all I can do. I can just laugh. You're not supposed to be able to do that at 15. Well, there were a bunch of shots that were made in uh, in, in, in that championship game, but... Um... You know, it was it was a close game. It was Canada's closest game in the tournament, and um, and it was just a lot of fun to watch. A lot of high skill players in that game, and a game. lot on Team USA that are coming to uh, college near you next season. And by the, well, yeah. By the way, uh, just as a comparison, and I am not going to sit here and say anybody is Mike Bossy, okay? Because that's the best goal scorer that's ever lived. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. But Okay, but he was a 15th pick in the first round. Cole Caulfield, 15th pick in the first round. And you know that there are going to be 14 teams oh, or yeah. 13 teams or 12 of those 15, 14 teams and be like, why did we not pick him? Yeah, exactly. So I think we have a load of stuff to talk about through the summer. Uh, Connor Bedard will be joining us on a Sunday night, either next Sunday night or the following one. We will talk to the 15-year-old phenom from uh, Western Canada and uh, get a feel on what it's like to be 15 and be the talk of uh, your country. Uh, (laughs) It's unbelievable. So anything else you got to wrap things up with on, on tonight's show, Paul? Well, uh, just some more notes. Uh, Holy Cross hired Quinnipiac assistant Bill Rieger to be their head coach. UMass named the captains for next year. Um, uh, The captain, uh, Long Island, Bobby Trevino. Just throwing it out there. Um, Shock me. (laughs) Hey, listen. You know, Bobby's a great kid. I I didn't say that facetiously. Bobby is a great kid and a great leader. You know, I, I, I have to, somebody has to balance out your Minnesotaness. So, um, yeah, well, it's going to get worse now because you heard Rico. <laughs> he said he'd come on anytime. Man. So uh, I got his number. I'm going to put him on my speed dial. And anytime we need some good hockey talk, we're going to bring on Rico Blasi and Frank Saratori. How's that for some Minnesota talk? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> listen, once again, that makes my life easy because I don't have to ask any questions. We, we already know that with Frank. So, um, <laughs> But uh, that that will be something interesting to follow with St. Thomas. Um, he's 100% correct in his uh, assessment. Things change and have been changing very, very quickly 
with the NCAA, um, with uh, name and likeness issues and and the transfer portal and one-time transfers and uh, and and I could very easily see uh, St. Thomas, which is making a historic jump, going from Division Three to Division One because they got kicked out of their league for being too good uh, in in most of their sports, if not all of them. Uh, you know, after two or three years, uh, saying to the NCAA, "Hey, listen, look at here. This is the resources we put into the program, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're not going away. Can we be approved?" For postseason play, I, I could definitely see that happening after two or three oh, years. Me too, absolutely. So. Me too. Okay, so. take it away, my friend. Let's wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. All right, College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask on the Ice Time Hockey SW Network, brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com to order. Any of our award-winning spirits, including the new Extra Añejo, our double-distilled, triple-filtered premium taste. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed. Six East Valley locations, go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Buy Verizon Wireless. The 5G coverage America has been waiting for. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best barbecue, Las Vegas style. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey. Fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. And by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Pre-game, post-game, during the game, the place to be, to be with ASU fans. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask. And all of the IceTimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Okay, very well done, my friend. As I always say, uh, the the show is just continuing to get bigger and better. Um, Paul, it's May 9th. Right, and we're still talking really good hockey with really good people. None better than Rico Blasi. We appreciate his time and uh, and coming on and, and telling us all about the uh, University of St. Thomas, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, don't sleep on them, folks. They may not be able to get into the national tournament for a few years, but uh, they are going to be a competitive foe in NCAA hockey. So thank you, Rico, and thank you, everybody at St. Thomas, for making it happen for us. We look forward to uh, visiting with him again. Maybe after he gets his coaching staff together and that schedule comes out, we get him back on and we talk about all that good stuff again. I'm in. All right, Paul. Paul's in. So if he's in, I'm in. And uh, right now we'll say goodnight uh, from our uh, beautiful abode in Scottsdale and Long Island, New York. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. We'll talk to you again Tuesday night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Good night, everybody. Good night.